I hope that you find the following mental health podcast helpful, but please do bear in mind that myself and any others featuring have no mental health qualifications, and we are not medically trained. Therefore, it should be taken as non-professional advice only. Hello and uh, welcome to um, You Don't Have to Be Alone, um, the podcast um, about mental health and uh, just people's experiences with it um if you've if this is if this is your first time my name's dan and um today i'm actually joined by my first guest um andy so hi andy hi dan tell me a little bit about um sort of your experience with mental health uh it's depression you suffer with is that right um a little bit it's more anxiety based than depression um yeah there's kind of a bit there's been a bit of social anxiety um well a fair bit of social anxiety i suppose but i've tended i've tended to just overly worry about things which i think given this day and age is so so common um which is you know, it's particularly poignant that the, you know, the title of this podcast is "You Don't Have to Be Alone." Um, is this because that's, you know, that is such a reassurance, given that the nature of it makes you feel alone, um, mm-hmm. and it makes, you know, it, it's very, it can be isolating, um, and and I I think I've certainly found it isolating in some respects, m- mainly because. You know, I'm either thinking I'm the only body, I'm the only person who is um, worrying about this or, you know, or more commonly, I don't want to discuss this with anybody else because I don't want to put that burden on them. And I don't want to kind of, I know they say a problem shared is a problem halved, but I keep thinking someone else is going to have so many of their own worries, so many of their own issues that I don't want to add to it. Um, and especially with family as well, you kind of think they've, you know, they're going to be automatically worried about you. Um, but I don't want to kind of feed into that, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've had anxiety for quite some time. Um, and it's only really been quite recently that I've started to, you know, properly make changes. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got a long, long way to go, but I've started down that path that hopefully I can start making some sustainable changes. I think we'd be kidding ourselves, wouldn't we, really, if like we weren't, yeah, if we were to say, oh, I've started making these changes, so therefore I'm going to be great from now on. Um, you know, I think anyone suffering with a mental health condition, it is a long old battle. For me, I, I mean, you mentioned like the name of the podcast and like I've I kind of had the opposite experience to you in that I felt maybe it's the difference between anxiety and depression. I don't know. But um, I almost felt like um, not that everyone else has their own problems, but my problems just seem so big that no one's going to be able to cope with them with me, um, which yeah, it's quite a 
weird place to be because actually when I look back, some of the problems I had weren't actually that big after all. But yeah, um, I mean, if you if you don't mind, what sort of things, because um, obviously I, I don't come from the viewpoint of having anxiety, so um, I think it'd be helpful to sort of look into that. Um, so what sort of things would worry you? Um, obviously don't feel you have to share absolutely everything, but the sort of things that would sort of be roadblocks to you in your day, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think one main thing is um, sort of catastrophizing. Um, you know, something in the general day would would look like it, it's kind of it. It might be something to do with, say, money, or um, might be a work worry, or you know, something like that. Where if I think, oh you know if i make a wrong decision for example then this is going to lead to that and then you know so a leads to b b leads to c and it's kind of you know it just gets it almost snowballs really um mm-hmm. and i have to catch myself and just be like no it's it, it's not going to be like that um and I, I suppose each day is so different that it's it's difficult to kind of put a finger on exactly what can you know, what can trigger something off? Um, You know, like yesterday, for example, I had some sort of not so great uh, news relating to work. Um, You know, nothing absolutely terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. But you kind of go from, from one thing to the next to the next. And like I say, it is just like a snowball running down a hill. It just gets bigger and bigger. And, you know, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do in my head is bring the sun out to melt it (laughs) before it gets too big. Um, And I think that kind of links in with, yeah, what uh, I know you mentioned about kind of problems being almost like too big. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think from an anxiety perspective, I, I kind of, sometimes think that my worries are they start off too small you know or i i I try and make them small so that i can justify not bringing other people into it um and i i kind of it sort of links in with my with a few traits of my personality so things like you know i've got uh, more often than not i have probably a bigger case of imposter syndrome than i like to think um you know, I kind of think, well, if um, if only people knew this about me, then they would change their mind. Whereas actually what mm-hmm. I'm thinking is not reality. Um, and yeah, I guess you kind of start to feel like you're winging it. Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You sort of, you're thinking, oh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just winging life. But then we all are. Mm-hmm in some in some ways you know we can never tell what's going to happen day to day because if there is somebody who who's listening to this podcast that can do that then i'd really like to talk to them about next week's lottery numbers yeah but like you know we can't control we we can control things to a certain extent but there are certain things that are out of our control i think i've just sort of remembered actually about um 
I listened to, um, I can't remember what it, whether it was another podcast or it was some sort of speech anyway by like a mental health professional. And they were talking primarily about anxiety and they were saying that anxiety is actually a natural thing that is healthy and all humans have, um, you know, and it's what stops us from walking out in front of that bus that's coming because we know that there's a danger there that you get in front of that bus, you're going to be hit. And then it sort of snowballs from that when you sort of, when you've had to deal with sort of small danger after danger after danger, your mind then starts to go into a, okay, I can't actually tell now what's actually dangerous and what's small because your threshold gets for for danger gets sort of greater, I think, is the mm. so you end up just fearing absolutely everything. Um it was quite an interesting like thing to listen to and sort of grasp. Um especially as Jackie, my wife, has also got anxiety. Um and mm. she really struggles to open up with me about it. And you know, I'm as close as you get. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's kind of a what starts off as almost like an inhibition, mm -hmm. sort of, and then it kind of graduates from an inhibition to an anxiety. Um, yeah. You know, you, you kind of, there's a, yeah, there is a healthy anxiety to, I don't know, it, it can spur you to do things like get to places on time. Yeah. Um, there, there's that anxiety of, I don't want to miss my train. Well, that's okay but if it's an anxiety of you know because in reality if you missed your train you get the next one mm -hmm. um but if you're then thinking i don't want to miss my train because then i'm going to be late and then um somebody's going to be annoyed at me and then i'm going to lose my job and then i'm going to be out on the street and i'm going to you know it that's when it starts to become a problem because you're thinking yeah. about um you know you're, you're thinking about things in the extreme and in reality those things are not going to happen um yep. recently i've had some um some counseling um relating to work and the person i spoke to was absolutely fantastic and he was saying about he he you know plagiarizing his uh, <laughs> his counseling but um a couple of things that he told me to do after every or, told me not to do rather after every session he'd say between now and the next session don't crystal ball so don't try and say this is going to happen if this happens you know don't don't try and see into the future and also to keep thinking prove it so mm -hmm. if you're if you're thinking Oh, if I don't do this someone's going to be annoyed at me and then this is going to happen and then this is going to well, prove it where's your, where is your proof and if you can't summon up any proof, which 99 times out of 100, you're not going to be able to, then what's the point? Yep. Yeah, kind of makes sense. Mm. And but it, have, have you found that useful in terms of like, I suppose sometimes we can sort of go, yeah, that, that makes real sense. But then when you actually get to it you find it really hard to actually follow that through is that been the case for you has it been 
yeah, it's definitely something that's required practice. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not only practice in implementing it, but practice in bringing it to the forefront of my mind in those situations. Um, yeah. And I think that, I mean, I really, really hope that, you know, listeners can maybe take that and 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 try and apply it and see if it see if it helps um but what i would say is that for anybody who is trying to implement that and it, you know as with anything if it doesn't work at one point or if you can't get sort of into the right mindset to implement it and and kind of follow that through just do not beat yourself up about it because it's not going to work 100%, you know, not, it, it won't work 100%, but, and this is going to, by the way, the people that know me, this is going to be such a hypocritical phrase for me to use, but be kind to yourself. <laughs> you know, give you, cut yourself that slack and just go, do you know what? That's okay, I'll try again next time. As far as my kind of, personal experience with that um with implementing those things i think that that has helped mm -hmm. um there have been situations where i've thought oh you know th this is going to happen this is going to happen this is going to happen and then i go we'll prove it <laughs> you know and then i think yeah good point um so yeah things like that can work yeah i guess yeah it's I think implementing those things is always the hardest thing. I mean, I've had some therapy. It's not been like I've not had anything that sticks out in my mind that that's sort of like how I should sort of, you know, here's something to try. Um, but I have had sort of, you know, those things where it's actually capturing the thoughts before they kind of snowball into look at how terrible my life is. Um yeah, um I seem to remember in the past, um, because for those of you listening, me and Andy know each other um from the church go to. Um I I seem to remember in the past, Andy, you you mentioned that you had been on uh medication. Yeah, that's right. Um I've been on medication for for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um and I I sort of it brings to mind what you said in the first episode that um you know almost don't don't shy away from it yeah so have you and have then, you found it useful then is that the yeah i've found it useful and, and actually i i did have some um advice from from somebody very close to me who's who's a doctor um when i said to them you know i'm, I'm really apprehensive of being on on medication long term because i don't want it to distort kind of my my view of reality you know uh, my my thinking was that without medication i was looking at everything in reality and it was kind of like it, medication would give me a false sense of what things are actually like and this this doctor that i spoke to they i'll always remember this they said no you're looking at it the wrong way around it's that if you're suffering from anxiety or depression or whatever it might be, then for, for whatever the underlying reasons are, that is distorting the reality. 
in some way and medication just helps to to kind of balance things out and it, it helps to restore the view of how reality is um, mm-hmm. and that's in no way any sort of criticism about you know if you do suffer from anxiety depression um, or other conditions that there's there's absolutely no criticism in saying that it's kind of almost a distortion of reality but it goes back to what i was saying about prove it and, and about not crystal balling you know you the nature of anxiety is that it kind of grips you where you are thinking about things sort of in the future and what mm-hmm. what's going to happen and it's all going to be terrible um and it's going to be too much to deal with and 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 things that then kind of ramp it all up but that's not the reality and that's proven by you know being able to say or prove it and not being able to and so that's that really stuck with me that that's what medication does and I think so often there's that stigma against it and especially kind of in in the society that we live in as well we're kind of oh you know smile and or cheer up might never happen all that kind of stuff and um being british stiff upper lip all that kind of stuff but actually that's that's not the reality either yeah i think that's um there's almost like this preconception of what mental health should look like and actually being british we've often try and hold that sort of stiff stiff upper lip and you know wear a wear a smile where we kind of feel we should um or even when we're feeling down you know and like actually that's probably doing us more harm than good anyway and also you can't actually see what's going on in someone's head from outward appearance yeah absolutely yeah i've i found it interesting that um you were saying sort of like um the the reason you didn't want to go on to medication was that you thought it would distort your reality um because that thought actually never occurred to me before i went on medication my my thought behind it was well i don't want to end up getting hooked on something and being dependent on it um and i suppose i was thinking of it more more along the lines of you know i don't want to form an addiction um but actually having talked to a few doctors and a few um sort of mental health therapists and things they've all sort of talked me around to a different way of thinking about that in terms of well actually there is there is ways of coming off of it and there are like medically sound ways that actually they they pull you back off the other side it doesn't you know going on now doesn't mean that i'm going to be on it for the rest of my life it means you know, for at least the next three, four months, yeah. And then after that, we'll gauge how you're doing. And, you know, we'll keep going around in that loop until there is a point where actually we feel that you can ease your way off. And it kind of just made me feel a little bit sort of easier about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think um, they're, they're... They are extremely knowledgeable, aren't they? You know, <laughs> they yeah. have to be in this. You know, especially because of the the rates of of mental health 
you know, conditions being diagnosed, they're, they're going up. Certainly, if you sort I mean, I, I don't know the exact figures or anything, but if you compare it to, um, you know, decades ago, I suppose that opens up a whole, whole other discussion about were the rates the same, but just not addressed or not, you know, we, they didn't have the kind of things at their disposal that we do now. I know that's a, that's probably about a podcast about, yeah, know, take about hours and hours and hours to. <laughs> to I think that's through. a whole new series there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But um, yeah, they, they are so knowledgeable because they can, they know exactly what's best you know especially the types of ones to go to you know to put you on mm-hmm. there are different ones um you know i started off being prescribed one that didn't really properly work and then um it changed to a second one and it started you know it was working so you, you just everybody's different in terms of their their um physiological reactions to them um but i i do think that there is unfortunately still um, a stigma relating to medication and just relating to mental health in its entirety. Um, and it's a, it's a massive cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason, but um, just the, the whole thing of, well, if you had a really bad headache, would you take paracetamol? Well, you know, more often than not, the answer is going to be yes. Or mm-hmm. if you had a broken leg, would you go to A&E to, you know, would you call an ambulance and get taken to hospital? Yeah, you would. So just because something is physically wrong that needs health care and, and attention, that shouldn't be any different when it goes into the realms of mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, I touched on that um in the second episode just saying i think it was second episode anyway where i was saying that um you know if you if you have a broken leg then you're going to go and get that seen to and you're going to get that fixed you know you well i think i actually came at it as from the stigma's point of view like people yeah you've got this difference between mental health and physical health and it seems like physical health is held higher um you know, if someone's got a broken leg, you don't go, oh, get over it. But someone with mental health, you might say, get over it. Um, and yeah, there's a big difference there. And, um, you know, I think it's about time that it was really recognized and realized that actual mental illnesses are just as important. And um, from all sides and all angles, you know, if you're suffering, then it's just as important to go and make sure you get the treatment that you actually need. And if you're um, coming from the angle of actually looking at someone with mental health, you know, don't just brush them off because, yeah, there's, you know, you wouldn't do that to someone with a broken leg. You, But you, for some reason, that happens to people with a mental illness that is still affecting them and, you know, in a slightly different way granted but you know it's still an illness you know it's actually there in the title mental illness absolutely and i i think um when it when it comes to kind of the broken leg analogy you can have somebody who um is a member of 
someone's family or maybe a friend who of somebody who is who is suffering from mental illness um and they might be very kind of attentive to start with for example they might be very sympathetic they might you know i guess if you were to use the the broken leg analogy it's almost like someone breaks their leg they then get taken to to a and e they they have it splinted they have it operated on they're then in a cast and if you like if you could imagine somebody who goes through all of that with the patient if let's call them the, the patient that's been in hospital to have the surgery and everything else on a leg um but then gets fed up sort of in the further stages where that person can't get up and walk into the kitchen to get themselves a cup of tea so then they start getting frustrated with having to do things for or you know care for them in the long term i think that's also kind of you know you wouldn't really think about that if somebody had their leg in a cast and they couldn't walk you know they couldn't physically function to go and do things then i think it's easier for people to kind of lose patience with people where mental illness prevents them from doing things and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there should be that difference at all and hopefully that is broken down as well yeah because it, it's all too common that that you would see somebody with a mental illness and because there's no outward sign of something like you know arm in a sling or a neck brace or a leg cast there's nothing there's no outward sign of it but still the reality is that functioning is made in in some cases to be very difficult um so i think there needs to be a a breaking of the stigma of mental health to kind of make yeah. it what more more widely known that these effects are very real um but i think a lot of to be fair a lot of work has been put into raising that awareness um and especially yeah. you know think things like like this podcast you know um sharing experiences and um letting people know that it is okay to to feel the way they feel but but you know in terms of they aren't alone they they're, they're mm-hmm. not an outcast they are supported um I think that sort of thing is much more widely um or it's you know it there's a lot more of that of of the sort of thing than there used to be years ago. Yeah. Um which I think is a fantastic thing. Oh absolutely. I think um yeah the the awareness is definitely on the up. Um particularly um yeah i think i think the media's had a massive impact on that but um although i i think sometimes there's dangers to that because i think sometimes media we can focus too heavily on the outward appearance of someone that you know a celebrity that we know to have a mental illness um so you know there's there's caution to be had there but yeah i think there's there's a definite um yeah raise of awareness and i think that's a really helpful and healthy thing um so just um i guess one last question before um before we end um i'm hoping to make this theme that this will be a question that i ask any guest um so 
if you could go back and tell yourself at the point where your mental illness has been the absolute worst, anything at all, what would it be that you would tell them or tell yourself? Oh, that's a, that is a brilliant question. I, I guess I would say it gets better. Yep. Um, I think when you're in those positions of having where your mental health is quite poor, then by the very nature of what you're thinking about, possibly the only person you're listening to is yourself. Yeah. Because you are believing your own thoughts. And I guess in those times where I've thought things can't get much worse or, you know, things are, things are really bad. It would be great. It would have been great to be able to have like me from the future to go back and say, it's, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sort of brings to mind when, when I was um, in my early twenties and um, I was suffering quite badly because I think also because of a number of different factors, um, you know, and comparing myself to other people and, you know, not having a, a job at that point. And, you know, there were constant sort of job rejections and, um, mm. you know, things like I wasn't able to, to drive at that point and I wasn't living in my own place and other people were, had those things. And I thought, why can't I be like them? And, you know, again, we, there could be a whole other series based on the impact of social media, both good and bad in that kind of mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I certainly don't think that social media helped at all when you're, when you're seeing kind of the, the false portrayal of other people's lives that make you feel even worse. Um, but I do, I do think that it, it can get better for it. It certainly improved for me for sure. Um, and I don't see that anybody is any different um, in that if there is somebody listening to this who is suffering from, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever it, whatever condition it might be, then there are, there are people, there are, there is information in abundance that can extend the hand down into the hole to help them out of the hole um and you know because that's exactly how i felt i felt in in this kind of deep hole looking up at everybody living amazing lives and thinking why can't that be me and everything and mm-hmm. um and i uh, you know it's such a difficult message to 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 take on board and i speak from first-hand experience if somebody says oh that's all right things will get better then likelihood is that you know me back in the day i would have thought no, no it won't Which, you know almost like the prove it um <laughs> you know <laughs> coincidentally it's all the the prove it but you know i think whilst you do have to be in that mindset to um to accept that there is the help out there and that people genuinely want to help and people can help um then 
that's when things can start to turn a corner. But that's not to say that any, anybody who's not in that position is doing the wrong thing or anything like that. Um, it is certainly a case of being kinder to yourself, which is probably the other thing that I would tell my former self is just, for goodness sake, be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's been a major lesson that I've learned, certainly. Cool. Well, um, thank you for uh, joining me on today's podcast. Um, if there is anyone out there that um, that feels that they are able to share their own stories um, in a similar sort of setting to this um, episode, then um, please do get in contact with all the details that are given at the absolute end of um, this. Um, yeah, and all that there is to say is, again, thank you, Andy, and um, I'll see everyone in the next episode. You have been listening to You Don't Have to Be Alone. If you'd like to get in contact, then please search for me on Instagram at Not Alone Podcast, on Facebook at You Are Not Alone Podcast, or simply email me at Not Alone Podcast at Hotmail.com. That is Not Alone Podcast, all one word, at Hotmail.com. See you next time.